Good afternoon if you are in Australia. Um, I have a fantastic episode for you. I uh, finally managed to track down for an hour uh, the one and only Ben Polson, uh, our six foot four giant uh, from Perth. Uh, he's a three time um, Ninja Warrior in Australia, as well uh, as competing on USA versus the world. Uh, he's made it to the grand final uh, for the first two years and is probably considered one of the best ninjas in Australia. Um, so fantastic. We had a really long, comprehensive chat about all things ninja, sort of our experiences, uh, our life experiences, how it shaped us, and really revolving around mindset and the the, the mindset that you need that if you know if you really want to succeed, if you actually want to have a a true go at the course or, or the show and actually, you know, do the best you can. You know, you need a, you need a certain mindset and I think Ben's the the epitome of that. He really really explains how, you know, his brain works and how he how he how he looks at obstacles and and uh, it was really nice to hear about his background and and um, you know, his life story. So, I really hope you get some value from this. But uh, thank you so much for yeah. uh, for coming on and uh, organizing this with me. Um, like I said before, you you know, far more knowledgeable in the uh, areas of ninja uh, than myself. So it'd be great to hear your insights. Um, how did you discover Ninja Warrior? What, what led you to ninja. this journey we've been on? Um, yeah, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on, dude. I, I really appreciate it. And I wouldn't say that I'm far more you know, knowledgeable than someone like yourself. You're a super knowledgeable guy. I think you've been a little bit humble there. Um, but we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I think I just kind of double down on, on the things that I do know. Um, so look, with Ninja, I guess with me, I've already forgotten your first question, but I'm just going to talk about Ninja for a second. <laughs> uh, Pretty much, yes. Um, do talk. <laughs> where did, yeah, yeah. Well, look, Ninja started with me. Um, I come from uh, growing up. I... I played a lot of different sports, um, so basketball and football and lacrosse and then athletics and swimming, and I just kind of tasted everything. Um, and I was the kind of person where I would get bored of something within a year and then want to try something else yeah. um, until uh, I did CrossFit. That was right before Ninja Warrior. So I did CrossFit for about a year, and I was still to this day, I'll say I was the fittest I've ever been in my entire life doing CrossFit. I know it can get some flack sometimes, um, but I had really good coaches and a really good um, community. And um, I just pushed myself so incredibly hard, especially with the cardio, which I think we miss with Ninja a lot of the time mm. is that cardio. Unfortunately, it gets neglected. Um, but then Ninja Academy um, here in Perth opened up and I went to visit it. A friend of mine, Will. Uh, it sussed it out and he said come down check it out so I did and I'd seen the show I think you know it's always the same answer we've always seen the, the Japanese uh, Sasuke show yeah and obviously in America too it's, it's huge over there so I got swinging around um, within the first like month I already found out what tendonitis was because <laughs> um, you just you jump up and you swing around and, and then I just went crazy on it um, for, for the first month and just lots of pull exercises obviously with the ninja and I just wasn't balancing it out with uh, any sort of push or recovery so um, I got 
really gnarly tendonitis pretty quickly and I didn't really know what it was. Mm. And so uh, then I went down that route. Um, and then, you know, there's just so much you learn when you start something new. And uh, it was a huge, huge learning curve. But I think I found my calling and I just, I just fell in love with it, as we all, all do. Oh, absolutely. So did you start training it before the show started advertising auditions? Yeah, so the sh- well, I was probably training for maybe uh, maybe a year, I guess it was. Um, yeah, I would probably say it was it was about a year um, before the show was announced, and I thought, wow, this is perfect timing. I already feel like I have a bit of a leg up on um, on the rest of the people, which are just finding this out for the first time. So. Uh, and at that point, I'd already done a couple of local competitions. Um, it started out just as a bit of fun until I started to realize, wow, I'm actually I'm doing okay at these competitions. Mm. Um, so I just maybe I should stick at this a little bit more and take it a little bit more serious. Um, so yeah, then the show was announced, and I just jumped on board str- straight away. I, I remember being super, super nervous. I'm assuming you were as well um, going into into the auditions and, and the interviews and like we were sitting in this room waiting to get caught off for an interview and I was just like thinking of a million different things I shouldn't shouldn't say <laughs> um, and then like you know like it's just always that scenario it's like so fresh you don't know what to expect um, but look they're, they're lovely that the production crew was lovely and that was all nice and I remember leaving um, and getting when we did the physical test um, I did I did fine I didn't do like mind-blowing or anything i don't think anyone really did season one yeah. or didn't know what to expect um but uh, i remember getting called up by one by the producers when everyone was walking out they said oh actually can you hang on we want to chat to you and for me that was a little bit of a light on okay um is this a good sign or a bad sign and they ended up asking me um more about my music side because mm. i do music production yeah um for the for the listeners out there which don't know um and I did, yeah, they asked me about the, the music production and that kind of vibe because uh, I sent them some funky videos of me in my, like, 80s-looking clothes <laughs> dancing yes, around. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I think I very quickly learned that, that they're looking for something interesting about people like that. So, once again, I kind of doubled down on that and they said, oh, you know, we they even asked, do you want to rock up in, like, some funky outfits where you do, like, a bit of, like, a dance when you get up there? And I was just throwing yeses everywhere, just anything to get me on the show. I was like, yeah, sweet, sounds good, yeah, awesome. Um, you know, well... Fortunately or, or unfortunately, I don't know how to see it. They, they never actually went down that route, but it didn't matter in the end. Um, I think I just left an impression. And um, soon enough, come, around comes season one, which was crazy. How, how, how was season one for you leading up to that? What was the thought process for you? Well, I, I had seen Ninja Warrior as a kid from the US. I think it was on SBS or whatever channel, whatever free-to-air channel that it was yeah. on. I had seen it. I don't actually think I had ever watched the Japanese version. Actually, no, no, a lie. I think I had seen bits and pieces of the Japanese version. And then I yep. just remember I was sitting in my grandparents' house on the couch, and I just saw that ad, that first ad come on. And I went, holy shit. And <laughs> I literally, then and there, did the whole application. I think it took me two hours. Wow. Remember, remember how yep. long it was, season one? Like, it was like... Yeah, oh, it took forever. It was, <laughs> it was yeah. like, 13 or 12 or 11 sections, however many it was. And then I, I just filmed a, a crappy video in my bedroom. Um, yep. And, yeah, I think it was like, what, three minutes of talking and I just threw in some gymnastic stuff. And I was actually a little bit worried yep. because I was I was talking a lot about uh, stuff I hadn't talked about to other people. So growing up. Um, sure. With my... Yep. Of course. You, you feel a little bit vulnerable sometimes. Um, yeah. Which... 
which I think can be seen in a bad light for yourself. As you said, you know, you're a little bit nervous. I think that I think that a lot of people find that is when they talk about themselves, maybe a way that they don't usually talk about. They're kind of like, why am I doing this? Is this just so I get the show? Mm. I'm being a little bit vulnerable here. I don't know if this is the right idea. Yeah, um, and it's funny because a lot of people think that, and in, a, in more of a negative way, they're like, "I don't want to just use this to get on the show. This is not me." Um, whereas I think people can sometimes they, sh- they need to shift that mindset and go, "Well, actually, hang on. This is a really good opportunity to help a lot of people, um, and if I can one get on the show, and by doing so, um, help a lot of other people, which." maybe have um, you know a similar upbringing no matter how amazing or bad it might have been then uh, that can be seen as a good thing you don't have to do that but um yeah I think it's a, it's that psychological thing that goes on in people's minds when they're applying for the show how much should I say and how much should I keep keep back to myself um, and there's no right or wrong answer I think you just have to do it um, no, so I, yeah it's a tricky one absolutely no you're hundred percent and uh, I think yeah same as you so just rocked up to the uh well, I, it was funny because as soon as I applied, I got a call a few days after and they just said, okay. oh, I want to know more information. Then they said, oh, no, we got everything we need. You know, great. You got your application in. And from that moment on, I already, I just, it already just sort of in back of my head, I thought, oh, I actually might get on this. Uh, <laughs> and then I actually just started training. I went to the compound where it used to be. It still is. Um, they have a location and yeah, just started training Well, trying to train. Um, yep. and yeah. yeah, then I think we had the auditions. Yep. And then same as you got a call back. They wanted to know about you know, my life as well. And just, uh, you know, growing up in the U S or, and then moving to Australia, you know, um, nine 11 was a big part of my, uh, yeah. moving, I remember hearing. yeah, moving to the, to Australia. So yeah. Yeah. I want to know more about I that. I think I heard that. I, I, I... I can't remember if I heard whether I, that was just throughout your podcast, which I heard that story. I think it was. Maybe it was your introduction. Um, you talked about it, or maybe you you were in it. You got interviewed by Jack. Did you get to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did a podcast with. I remember him, hearing yeah. about that. That was fascinating. I had no idea. Uh, so that really surprised me hearing that for the first time. Um, yeah. But was... there you go. The things you learn, you know. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, then you obviously got selected and and i guess mm. what what was that like for you i guess so when you found out or you got that email um yeah look it was it was an exciting time to be honest i'll paint the picture for you so um i was mowing lawns i had my own gardening business at the time um when i applied and everything so i was spending all my days going around to different jobs on my own uh picking up you know, grass scraps and and, pick, and leaves and chopping this and pruning roses and all that kind of stuff. So much fun. And I was actually on a job, uh, probably an hour's drive away from my house, really hot day. It was in the afternoon um, and it was a job where I turned up to give a quote a couple of days earlier and um, I had a look at the backyard. They just wanted a full backyard cleanup and I had a look at the backyard and it was an absolute mess. Oh. It was just vines and gr- grass up to, you know, your, your chest and all this stuff. And I thought, wow, okay, this is a massive cleanup, but I'll take it on board. I've got the time. I may as well do it. So I came back two days later, the same day as the Ninja Warrior call. I didn't know I was going to get a call yet. And I um, was out the back. And when I got up, when I got to the back, it was the first time I realized that they had a dog in the apartment. Um, and the dog was inside, but the dog left a lot of things outside for me to find, um, <laughs> if you catch my trip. Um, 
And I started going, uh-oh, this is dangerous because uh, as any mowing man would know, when you're in a jungle of grass where you can't see where your feet are and you have to chop that grass down with a whippersnipper, at some point you're going to hit some landmines. <laughs> um, so, so, so I spent a whole day, well, you know, let's say four to five hours going through with a mower and whippersnipper, um, whippersnipping landmines, um, and they're hitting me everywhere. They're ricocheting over my face, <laughs> over my body, in my hair, everywhere. It got to the point where I, I didn't care anymore because I, I was just, I just smelled like crap. I looked like crap, um, but I was just doing it because you just got to do it sometimes. Um, and I just finished the job, and I walked out the front to use their their hose out the front to wash my whole face off and everything. <laughs> Just washed my face off, washed the doggy poo off my face, and then I got a call. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, it's a random number. And Bob's your uncle. It was uh, Ninja Warrior calling, just so you know. Oh, actually, for me, actually, it wasn't a call. I think it was an email initially. Yeah. Um, and then I got a call later to clarify. But I got the email. I remember looking at that and going, wow, it's just mind-blowing. Um, my head just exploded with excitement. And I was like, this, I can't believe this is real. Um, and then it was like nerves, it was excitement, it was just everything. Um, um, so I may have smelled like shit, but I felt amazing. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and uh, it was a day I'll never forget. <laughs> wow. so it was it was really exciting. I just remember calling my family straight away and just being like, hey guys, this might not be a huge deal to me, but I'm just letting you know, it's like one of the highlights of my life, just receiving this email. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, I'm assuming it was it was the same for you. Was it similar for you? Like, was it an email? Do you remember where you were? What the deal was? Yeah, I think I was. Um, I was at I was at home, so I was with my grandparents, and I think they said, "Oh yeah, emails confirmation will be coming in." You know, five o'clock or whatever they whatever time that was. You know, you just. I I think I was in the living room. No, I was upstairs <laughs> in the TV room, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then finally it came through, and then I opened it, I read it, and I, I went downstairs with my grandmother, and I read it out loud, and then I'm like, oh, nice. yeah, buddy. Yeah, awesome. So good. Yeah, she gave me a big hug, and um, yeah, I don't, I, I just, I kind of, I'm trying to remember what, what was sort of happened after that. It sort of just came around very quickly, didn't it? It did, yeah. Like from from finding out to then all of a sudden getting sent details and then finding out who else was going. Um, and obviously, you and I had we wouldn't have known each other at the time. No. I only really knew the local ninjas. So, you know, going to the show was amazing uh, for season one. In you know, in the aspects of actually being able to compete on on Ninja Warrior. But to be honest, um, the lifelong changes that were made from meeting people like yourself um, and many other ninjas was probably the biggest impact that that getting on the show um, had. I think for for all of us ninjas involved. Mm. So I'm super super grateful for that because you know we can't forget like the community of ninjas is is everything about ninja. Absolutely, uh, it really is. There's no other community I've ever been a part of which is anything like it. So. Um, yeah, it was it was a whirlwind of an experience, that's for sure. Oh, hundred percent. What so? Because you you obviously you you actually are probably a part of the first actual community of Ninja Warrior. What was um mm. what was sort of what was that like? So was it just it was very it was obviously a very small affair, I'm guessing. You yeah, so just... I guess in the Perth scene, um, it was very much it begun with uh, all I remember is turning up to you. Ninja Academy and just trying to hone in different obstacles and thinking back, you know, like the stuff that I can do now, thinking back even 
three or four years ago when I started, um, I struggled. I really struggled while I was really strong with CrossFit and I said I was the fittest I've ever been in my life. Mm. It didn't really transfer over very well to something like Ninja Warrior. It's just a different kind of strength. Mm. And obviously the body awareness is just huge, uh, so incredibly important uh, within Ninja. So I took my sweet ass time to to get through a lot of obstacles um, and Meanwhile, while I'm doing that, I started to notice some familiar faces turning up at the gym. Um, one of them was actually a guy called Jake Sawyer, which he never applied for the show, um, but he was one of the original guys which was there when I was there, rocking up on his own as well. And just naturally, you start to kind of chat and then help each other with the obstacles, and then you decide to like meet up on the same day, mm. train together. Um, and that's when I started to realize what the community was about. Um, alongside having Dave Ravi, um, I don't think I knew Mark Ravi so much at the time, but seeing Dave there a lot of the, a lot of the time as well was, uh, was always nice to, to kind of get to know him better because he was also on his ninja journey. So as time progressed, just like anything, more people turn up. Um, out of the say that, that, you know, 50 people that turn up, um, throughout that particular day or night, um, you know, maybe only two of those people will, will return as super strong ninjas and want to come back and, and really uh, kind of resonate with the sport and want to conquer obstacles. And eventually those two people build up to a good, you know, chunk of like 30 to 50 ninjas, which we have now here in Perth, um, which is a really strong community. Mm. I was just at uh, the, the local competition called the Ninja Challenge League run by Mark Ravi. Um, here in here in um, Perth, which is now inter, uh, interstate as well, but mm-hmm. uh, I just did a competition on the weekend, and you just rock up, and really for me, just turning up and seeing all all of the ninjas is the biggest part of that, uh, because everyone's super stoked to, to see each other. They're all supporting each other. Mm. It's not a big rivalry. Any big egos get thrown out the door pretty quickly, and uh, um, they're some of the best friends that I've ever met in my entire life uh, and lifelong friends. So. It's it's crazy to crazy to think that that you know four years ago to be in this position I never ever would have imagined, yeah, uh, but wow. I'm super super grateful for it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you were doing comps, obviously. I think before you actually were on the show. Um, yeah. So what was what was the what was your first comp like? So obviously your first local comp like. How did you feel? <laughs> oh, good question. Uh, yeah, that's a. Tr- it's a tricky one. If you can remember. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, I can remember for sure. I definitely remember the early days of uh, just the main thing that sticks out is being super nervous standing at the starting line. I think that's always the thing which sticks in my mind is how I felt the few, the one minute before I actually, the butter went off and I started to run uh, because your mind just goes into hyperdrive. And you're thinking of all these different things while you're also trying to keep yourself calm. Mm. And for some reason, that's just always ingrained in my mind. Same with the very first run of, of the first season. I can remember it so clearly. Um, and it's no different to the local comp- the very first local competition I did. So just standing there and wondering, how is this going to go? What's my game plan? You know, And having zero experience with competition and competition mindset and just mindset training in general, um, which I've learned is so important um, as time gone on. Um, yeah, just feeling the nerves um, and doing it anyway. And I think for me, I've been in similar positions where I didn't really want to do something, but I also did want to do it at the same time. Mm. Um, and for me, it's always been um, 
avoiding regret is actually one of the biggest motivators I have. Um, and I think that's mm. because growing up, I didn't have a lot of confidence growing up. I was bullied all through high school, not all through high school, but for a few years within high school, I was bullied quite a lot and mm. I really knocked my confidence. Um, and I would regret, I would not do certain things because I was afraid of the repercussions of, you know, outside influences. Um, and for me, I hated that regret. Well, I would think later, I'd be like, damn it, I wish I did that. Or, I wish I, you know, even, I wish I went and talked to that girl or I wish I did that, I sell this. Um, and I was too afraid of what other people thought. Um, and for me, I hated that. So for doing competition and even Ninja Warrior, while I was scared to do it, I was even more scared of not doing it and then regretting it later on. Mm. Um, and so that really worked quite well for me um, and just pushed me to, to do it. And the more times you do it, the less afraid you become to do something like that um, and the easier it becomes. So, uh, well, actually, it's, it's funny. And we've had this conversation as well. Yeah. Generally, the more times you do something like a competition, it should become easier. But unfortunately for a lot of people, they do competitions and it actually makes it harder for them to then enter competitions mm. um, because they, be, they fail and then they're afraid to fail again and again. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a whole tricky kind of conversation there but it's very true fortunately for me it's become easier as time has gone on um but i've definitely experienced both worlds so when did it click for you when did it sort of was it leading into season one because obviously you had a very good uh season one did, did it all just come together then or was it a few maybe comps beforehand or when did um it... do you mean click do you mean click for me mentally um, like you said you were feeling nervous in that first one sure yeah, I think, uh, look, I think I'll always be nervous before a competition. Yeah. Um, the difference is where the nerves come from. Are they a nerve? Are they, am I nervous because I'm fear of failing or am I nervous because I'm excited to do what I've already think I can do, already mm. know I can do actually. Um, and so definitely uh, it shifted once I started to do some competitions and yes, I would fail. Of course I would fail. Uh, from time to time. In fact, the, the, I think it was the first or the second um, Ninja Challenge League uh, finals. Um, I failed on, on the balance obstacle. Uh, it was the, the second stage. I was the last runner to go. No one had finished that second stage. Uh, wow. No one had even got past, I think, like the third last obstacle. Um, and all pressure was on me, and I instantly failed. Um, and it's just one of those classic stories. It's just like first obstacle syndrome where you're so nervous, mm. and then the worst-case scenario happens. So, like, I've been there. Um, I think for me, I have practiced over time or, or become self-aware to try and figure out where those nerves come from and try to control it a little better. And reading books on mental training um, have helped a lot. Um, so now it shifts from not so much being nervous uh, for the fear of failure, but more just being nervous because I've looked at the course, I'm confident I can do it, um, and I'm excited to hit that buzzer because I've already visualized myself hitting it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm just more excited. It's just, I guess, excited um, more than anything, but it just kind of comes out as nerves sometimes. Um, is it the same for you? I mean, what's your experience within competition? How has your roller coaster gone over, over, over the years? Um, well, I think I, um, I think so leading like season one for me was probably the best see the best I've ever felt in regards to just flow and just going and just, just with this is without any experience. 
And sure. there was just an absolute, like, adrenaline rush. Um, and, yeah, like, to the point where I don't remember parts of the course. Um, uh, not at all. Just, not at all. Like, I, I'm not I'm even sure how I got from one part to the other. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I was like, whoa, you know, that was incredible. And then it was funny. Um, after that, I think I actually had the, probably the first sort of ninja comp that I had done. Um probably February after, so when do we film? We filmed like December, I think. So I think it was Feb when mm-hmm. the compound, uh, you know, sort of had that now, that Victorian community. And I think he, they were holding their first comps and I think I went out in the second obstacle. I think I was nervous. Yeah, I, was, right. I, was, I was fairly nervous. And then I think it's hard to tell how, how well I did. I, I, I tried to, to always get better, I guess, each comp, but I was always, I guess, really nervous. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and I think probably last year, um, I had some, especially, uh, you know, a few things. So obviously doing badly in Perth, super nervous, especially sure. that, that balance obstacle uh, with mm-hmm. the uh, the stick that took out, I don't know how many. Like yeah, a lot people. of people, yeah. And it was the yeah, same thing. that was ridiculous. It was the same thing like you said, you know. I was just like watching everyone fail. So I kept thinking, oh, God, I don't want to stuff that up. Lo and behold, I did. Uh, so I was <laughs> yeah. fuming with that. And I think also beforehand leading into season three, and obviously not getting on for season three, uh, yeah. crushed me a little bit. And then that, and then course testing, uh, and then again, wanting to do mm. really well, but then also being scared of failing. So I failed so yeah. much. So it was just, it was just a series of just yeah. bad, bad, um, events after the other. And yeah, sure. it really wasn't only until America that I, I made, that that switch mentally because like you said like like a conscious decision to go you know what no i am very capable of doing this and i'm and i'm sick of doubting myself because all it's led to is bad results i'm going to rock up with a little bit more confidence in myself and be like you know what i can totally do this and i'm going to do this and i feel like that is that kind of how you were thinking at the time well you know what it was it was the fact that i actually went through the course in my head sure yeah and I, and I don't think I had actually done that before. Yeah. I think I had yeah. always tried to work out the course as I went. Sure. Whereas perhaps season one, I think because we were able to watch, I don't know how it was for you on your night, but I was on the very first heat. And okay. on that heat, they allowed us to watch the runs in the green room. Right, yeah, yeah. I never got that, no. Yeah, so I think it was only our night. And I think being able to watch people's runs and you're watching people stuff up and I was able to sort of analyze what everyone was doing. Yeah. And I could yeah. and I sort of start planning it, but I don't think I realized I was doing that. So then I think when I got on, I was already, I already knew what I had to do, I guess. Um, yeah, it's good. But I didn't realize that that was why maybe I was in the zone. Um so when we got got to the US, obviously you know we got that video got sent out the morning of the the day of yeah of Drew of Drew doing the course yeah I yeah remember. so I watched him about thirty or forty times doing that course wow <laughs> yeah and then I ran it through my brain as he was running it so I watched every single step he took every single every little thing he did and then I just sort of put myself in his position um, yeah and then having sort of absorbed you know, all those obstacles into my brain and then just, everyone was stuffing up uh, the mm. steps. And obviously the steps were disgusting. <laughs> yeah, um, including myself. Yeah. I mean, I fell, I fell there. Yeah. Oh, man, you and was it 146 <laughs> other people? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but, 
even though everyone was stuffing up, I'm like, well, I was looking at him like, well, I know what to do. I'm not going to make that mistake. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then as soon as I got up there, I just just went into action and then just went bang, 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 and then got to the third obstacle, I, you know, with a reasonable time, and I just couldn't get a nice yeah. grab on the um, on those chucks. <laughs> yeah, you and, you and pretty much... 95% of the other people that got to the third, third <laughs> obstacle, including big names like Joe Morofsky and, um, and like many others. It was ridiculous, that, that third obstacle. So, um, yeah, look, it's so good. interesting to hear that. And I do, rem- I do remember you saying that um, in a previous uh, episode of the podcast as well, which really fascinated me. Um, and I'm really glad to hear that as well, that that was a bit of a turning point for you. But also surprised that you haven't really done much visualization prior Um, and that it was very much, I guess, do you, well, let's face it, not a lot of people do it. And I don't think a lot of people might either feel silly about it or they don't understand how it's going to help them. Um, so they don't really even attempt it. Whereas for me, it's funny because I did a full 180 to what you were talking about, where Mm. I was so used to doing things like visualization and for season, um, especially season back half of season one and season two and any comps in between, I did a lot of visualization and it really helps for me. Uh, it comes to building up my confidence in almost like a, almost like, uh, in my mind, it's almost like an, an, an arrogance or the arrogance is thinking you can do more than what you're actually capable of. Mm-hmm. Whereas confidence is knowing what you're capable of and, and accomplishing that. So yeah. when I see a course and let's just say you rock up to a Ninja Warrior course and you're looking at it, I walk through, um, and I get excited cause I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. Uh, and it's that kind of weird, like, I'm so going to get through this. I've totally got it. Not so far where I'm then unaware of any little things. I still take care of the little kind of ins and outs and when I'm going to release and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I lock it in my head that I'm, that I'm definitely going to finish that course Absolutely. and I'm confident about it. Um, and that I believe that that's going to happen. Um, and then I kind of, you know, that's it. My process is done and I'm excited. And then it's just excitement. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think a lot of people are scared of maybe having that mindset and they rock up to a course and they go, wow, that looks hard. What if I fall on that? Oh my God, the next obstacle is even harder. Oh crap, this course is so hard. Mm. Um, and and then that just reiterates down the rest of their thought pattern throughout the rest of the night. The time they get to run, they're so nervous of failing on those obstacles they've been worried about that it actually throws their mindset off and they do fall. Mm. Um, so for me, leading into what you were just saying about America, when I turned up to that course, my mindset originally when I saw people falling all the time was, that's not going to be me. I'm pretty capable of doing stuff like this. I think I should be fine. Um, however, I'll look at it and I'll analyze it. Um, and then I really didn't do that. I didn't really analyze it. And I started to then doubt myself more because I just saw so many people fall. As you said, it was almost 50% of people. Mm. Um, and I started to get into a really bad mindset of almost not even caring what happens and just expecting to fall. I was literally, when I was standing there on the platform, I was expecting to fall in the first obstacle. And it's the wow. first time I've really experienced that. And I went out there and I fell on the first obstacle um, and I walked away going, that's like pretty much what I was expecting to happen. And it happened um, and I was trying to shake it off. But I think it really got to me in the sense that I was disappointed in myself that I didn't take it seriously. Mm. Um, and that and that came from talking to someone like Jake Murray, 
who's um, for those of them that are listening that don't know who Jake Murray is, legend. Um, stop listening. Stop listening to this podcast right now. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, keep listening, but research um, Jake after. He's an amazing American ninja, really top athlete, and um, I think he even came top three last year in that competition. Yeah. Um, and when I when I saw him fail on the first obstacle, I remember speaking to him the next day and going. Ah uh, man, that first obstacle, you know, like how tricky was that? Almost in a sense that I wanted to him to agree with me that it was a shitty obstacle so we could complain about it together, yeah. right? Because that's what a lot of people were doing. But I respect Jake so much because he came back and he was like, no, man, the obstacle was fine. I just didn't, I just didn't perform on the day and that's on me. And he just owned it. And I was like, man, damn, that's not the response I'm getting from other people. Everyone yeah. else is complaining about it. Whereas Jake's like, it's not the obstacle's fault. It's my fault. I didn't perform. I can do that obstacle. I just didn't focus. And I was like, that's a really good point. And I'm, I've always remembered that. Um, and I've just taken things a little bit more serious from then on and uh, not let other people, what other people are doing affect what I end up doing. Mm. Um, and I think that's exactly what you did on the day. And it seemed to work out really well for you. Yeah, no, it was definitely, yeah. I was just interesting hearing you say that, just having the complete reverse. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can imagine that's probably the same process I was going through, you know, half the competitors. I mean, it was just such a, mm. yeah. Um, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's just, yeah, it's hard not to think negative when you are literally watching, uh, you know, tens or, or a hundred and something people fail on that obstacle to then walk up to the stage and the, the 10 people before you fall on that obstacle, it's really hard to rock up with confidence. Um, and for me, I didn't take it seriously. I didn't take that as an opportunity to train my mind to go, I don't care what anyone else did. I can still do this and I'm going to do this. Um, but I was not thinking like that at all. Um, and it showed. And I'm glad you were think you. I'm glad you were thinking like that. And it, and it also showed. Um, I'm super proud of you for doing that, man. I'm glad it was a bit of a turning point. No, I appreciate it. Well, I think also being um, being in a house of champions does definitely does help. <laughs> that, what a great household, hey! Right, it, it really doesn't. What get a spooky be- house! It, it, it really doesn't get better than that. If we uh, if we all end up at uh, is it North Carolina, is that is that? Is that- uh, I can't even remember. I don't I don't know where the new one's going to be. I oh, think- the new one? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I think it's North. I think it's North Carolina. So that'd be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll um. We can get a nice cool house or something again. Get a bigger crew. Scare Fred with some Scare Fred Darrington with some spooky movies. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that that basement. <laughs> oh wow. Well, that guy. Um, so you know, so obviously yeah, season one, season two, you know, very very good. What happened for you at season three? Mm, good question. Once again, with the um yeah, look, it was for those of them that don't know. Um, I for season one and season two, I, I was top ten um, the first two years, uh, and um, season three, I, I went out in the semis, which was new to me because I had never failed a qualifier or semi prior. Um, and then, um, <clears throat> and then, just like all ninjas do, um, I went for a swim a lot earlier than I was hoping. So, <clears throat> I think for me. Um, I was definitely a little confused at the time as to what physically went on. Um, I, I think all I took from it at the time was that I maybe had 
look, it was a tricky obstacle to begin with. And when mm. I got there, it felt different to how I was anticipating. Um, and then so, you know, you're up there, you're trying to figure out this obstacle for the first time. <clears throat> you may have done something similar, but then all of a sudden this actually feels quite different to anything else I'd felt before. Mm. And I was kind of up there, you know, cameras are on, crowds going, girlfriends on the side, fires going, and I'm kind of like trying to figure this out. And I got to the point where uh, I kept trying to shift the bar one way and my momentum would then just shift it back the other way because it was quite a slippery surface. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go and rely on my subconscious taking over and my body awareness, which I've trained over the years, to just take care of it um, and not try and overthink it, not overanalyze it and just do, just go. Just yeah. like, you know, hurry up and go. Um, and I went and I fell. Um, and I think my regret after was I had all the time in the world to hang there for a little, even five, 10 seconds longer and just try and figure it out a little bit more before I go. And that was my biggest regret. That was one of the things that I learned from that experience was to maybe just slow it down a little bit. And if I'm not sure about something to take those extra seconds, because like, let's be honest, we can dead hang for five minutes or five to 10 minutes, you know, um, to hang there for an extra 10, 15 seconds is not a big deal. Um, but I think in the heat of the moment, you feel the pressure mm. of being mid-obstacle, looking like a fool trying to figure it out. And then you just feel the pressure from everyone watching and everything to just go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, And that can catch a lot of people out. So, um, look, I, I, learned, I learned a lot from that experience and I'm super grateful for it um, because naturally I wanted to get a lot further. And when um, it really, really sunk in for me, uh, not necessarily when I fell, even though as soon as I hit the water, a huge F-bomb came out of my mouth when I was under the water. Um, I was <laughs> That's the audio you don't, you don't hear on the show. Um, but I tried to keep you know a straight face and just as I'm processing it. I'm not someone that just gets instantly angry or really sad when something happens. Yeah. It takes me a while to kind of process it and be like, wow, what the, you know? But it really sunk in when they were calling out the final names at the very, very end, because I still had a chance, and there was three people from that particular obstacle which went through. Mm. Um, and uh, it was, you know, the rules of the show can be tricky, and it's one of those things where if I had fallen earlier on that obstacle, I actually would have got through, um, because they take the time of when you hit the water. And yeah. because I'd taken so long on the obstacle and then hit the water, I actually had a slower time. So it's all this funky stuff which goes on, and... Um, and for me, it was trying to think of things like that and then go, you know what? I can sit here for the next week or two weeks or even six to 12 months and think about, you know, things like that, the rules. What did other people do? What's this? What's that? And make all the excuses in the world in my head to try and justify it to myself that it was not fair or that it's not my fault. Or I could take accountability and say, I wasn't good enough. I didn't perform on the night. Uh, this doesn't feel very nice, and it didn't. No one likes to fall early. No. Um, it, did, it didn't feel nice, but it's, it's an opportunity for me to kind of sit and bathe in it for a little bit and go, wow, this is what it feels like to fail a lot sooner than I wanted to and be kicked out of the competition. Like this is what it feels like. I'm living it right now. And kind of analyze that and go, hmm, okay, well, now I've thought about it long enough. I'm now kind of the thoughts of it are now making me sad. I'm not like analyzing it anymore. I'm just making myself sad thinking about it. Yeah. So I'm going to make the conscious decision to go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to move on. It's, it's not helping me anymore thinking about it. It's mm. kind of nice because I'm so used to doing it, 
mm. but it's not helping me. So I'm going to make the conscious decision to move on I move past it and focus on my training or focus on something else to either keep me as a healthy distraction um, or, you know, whatever it takes. Um, focus on helping other people, cheering other people on and stuff like that. So, um, and once I've been through that, which I have now, um, I'm actually less afraid to fall than I almost ever have been um, because I've failed. I've felt it and I go, huh, that actually wasn't so bad. And if I fail again, now I know what it feels like, so I'm not actually that afraid to fail. Mm. Does that make sense to you? No, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I guess that's the way I saw it, and I think a lot of people don't see it like that. A lot of people get in the opposite kind of mindset of they fail, they think it's the worst thing in the entire world, and then they either quit the sport altogether. I've seen that. Um, mm -hmm. a few times before, mm -hmm. where they had such a horrible experience um, that they just stopped doing ninja. The one thing that prior to them hitting that water, they absolutely love. And they hit that water, and then their mindset goes into a negative place where they generally maybe, I don't know, don't have self-awareness to control it, mm. and it leads them into a place where they then go, you know what, that, that me hitting the water affected me so much and for so long and all the other competitions I tried after that, it affected that I don't want to do this sport anymore. Um, and it's a shame that that happens. And that's okay that that happens. But, um, but uh, I don't want to see any more ninjas leaving this sport. You know, we're, we're here to help each other, here to support each other. Even if you're Drew freaking Dreschel, mm. you're going to hit the water at some point. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, we all do it. So, so how, do you, how do you think that that, uh, that self-awareness can be developed where do you think it comes from mm. it's a it's a it's a tricky one i think for me i you know uh, i've been through some, lots of ups and downs over time and throughout those times in the darker times i did a lot of reading on uh, i guess just emotions and why people feel sad or, or depressed or, some, or or something like that you know there's, there's or, or anxious i suffered with a lot of anxiety over time mm. And, and for me, reading into that stuff because it was affecting me directly, I've become a little bit more knowledgeable on maybe how the mind works and that whole realm that I just almost tricked myself into becoming a little bit more self-awareness as to how I was feeling. And for me, it actually started with um, I would get just super anxious all the time, even when driving or being on my own and stuff like that, um, that it started to just affect um, the rest of my life. And so I saw some people about it. I read some books on it and eventually got to the point where when I would start to feel that anxiety creep in, I would become aware that it's happening. And then I'd go, oh, okay, I'm starting to feel this. It's not so good. I'm going to then shift my mindset and think about something else um, because our thoughts create our emotions. So if we, can create, we can, if we can control our thoughts properly, then we won't have to feel certain emotions we don't necessarily want to feel. Mm. Um, does that make sense? No, man. It makes all, man, you and I are a lot more similar than you probably realize. I sure. Probably, um, yeah, for probably the same sort of experiences as you. You know, bullying, mm -hmm. uh, anxiety. Yep. You know, I've gone through mm -hmm. bouts of depression, and I think... Um, yeah, of course. Same, yeah. yeah you don't understand why you don't understand or for me personally i didn't understand what was going on and i mm. and i think it was also i never knew who i really was 
I couldn't yeah, understand how I operated. And yeah, like you said, yeah. I, I just see someone too. And they yep. taught me how to, yeah, listen at your listen to your thoughts, listen to how your brain ticks. Mm-hmm. And you sort of, sort of like, it's like you fix yourself. So yeah, it, of course. You know, because you, you start to become aware of, you know, these you little, do. these little, these little things of how you operate, whether it be, you know, your quirks, what you like, what you don't like, you know, how you handle pressure, how, you know, all sorts of little things that you start to, you start to realize. And it's quite an, uh, I guess, a liberating feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny one because I mean, that's exactly, you I mean, you summed it up uh, for me as well. That's very much the road I went down um, was just, um, I guess, feeling these feelings and not knowing why or like I didn't even know what anxiety was and I was you know suffering from it Mm. um and I just had no context or anything like that until I started to dive into a little bit more um and it was also that kind of like I was I was also afraid to dive into it in case I discovered certain things about it which would scare me even more which is exactly what anxiety is Mm. which is that whole it's that that loophole um so uh, it's funny you know I've just learned over time that a lot of people which are really self-aware um, and have really good, strong mindsets, let's just say, uh, in my experience, at least 90% of those people have all gone through some sort of rough patch which and come out on the other side as really kind of humble, down-to-earth, uh, self-aware people. Um, and those, those are the people I love to surround myself with. Absolutely. And I'm also aware of when people maybe aren't so self-aware or socially aware and stuff like that, um, and I don't judge them in any sort of way um, because I was there too. Um, and it's just the, the beauty of going through all these different things while it sucks at the time. Uh, you kind of come out as a different person. You've got a huge appreciation for a lot of different things. Mm. Um, and look, it's not just like a journey which you just go and it's done. Yeah, I feel like this, it's going to be lifelong. Absolutely. Um, so, um, And then, you know, for me, the people that pop up which have spoken about stuff like this is people like Jack Wilson. Mm. He's, uh, he's such a – he's a good friend of, of you and me and he's uh, an inspiration to many. And he's, you know, he's talked about growing up and uh, with the drugs and alcohol and being around bad crowds to now look at him. Like you'd never imagine no. someone like that could then turn out to just be living this great life. Um, so, you know, he's another good person, which I talked to about all this kind of stuff. And he's read me down some books as well, uh, which I've read. It's just awesome. And, um, yeah, it's a good community. And I never would have met these people had it not been for Ninja Warrior. That's just coming full circle here. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing, man. It's really, well, I mean, it's really, well, my, I'm going to say it's changed my life. I, I feel like it's changed yours too. Um, of course. it's, yeah. So where to now? So what's, where, what's your focus <laughs> point? Yeah, I think it's a it's a tough question. <laughs> I never know how to answer that. Um, what are you doing next, or or even like, what are you doing now? What are you doing next? Um, because I'm always just doing things, something, yeah. you know, some something random. Um, you know, even trying to set up this call was tricky for me. While I really, really wanted to do it, um, you know, I do some work with my dad, which is house renovations, and he might just you know, talk to me on Monday and be like, I need you tomorrow. Um, mm. Or I also do, I'm also, you know, as we spoke about briefly before this official chat about the, the social media marketing, mm. um, I've got the online Ninja Warrior Blueprint, which is, uh, we didn't go into too much conversation about, and that's fine, but just to sum it up for people listening, it's very much just an online Ninja Warrior training course for people which either don't necessarily have access to a gym 
um, or don't feel confident going to a gym or can't afford to go to a gym. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff there that they can learn um, and do workouts from home and just basic mental training as well and um, techniques within obstacles if you do have access to a gym. And I think people get caught up with something like the idea of an online course is because they go, how can you teach Ninja Warrior, um, which is all obstacle-based online? Mm. And that's a totally valid question. And I guess my answer to that is, um, you know, well, you can use the example as, as someone like gymnasts, first of all. Gymnasts mm -hmm. make the best Ninja Warriors out there, and their training over their years is predominantly floor-based and bar-based. Mm -hmm. um, you've done gymnastics. I mean, can you back that up I, I feel like gymnasts don't use a huge array of obstacles in order to train gymnastics no um, i mean I'm, I'm not even a real gymnast i did it just 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 for a few <laughs> sure. years as an adult but um no, i think definitely even just you know learning how to uh how to do a you know round off or you know flips or any anything into uh you know any that, you know the challenges that aerial awareness and of course, even ro you know rolling on the ground or swinging on a bar, being able to build up momentum, being able to then kip on a bar. Mm. What is kipping used for? How are you going to use it? Um, you know things like just the knowledge on uh, things like mixed grip. Uh, why is it useful? Why should you learn it? Um, oh. Or doing something like the steps. You know we can do a tutorial on the steps, and we could say you know left right left right, or you could do. Um, you know, the cat jump or you can do a triple step, you know, they're the three basic ones. Um, but then I kind of ask people, well, you know, let's get out of that mindset of the basic three or even just, you know, the single step and think what's the fastest way you can get through this? What's the most efficient? What's the safest? What if it was uh, from a raised platform down to the first step? What if the steps are raised up? Um, and all these different variations, you know, what if it's missing a step? We go from one to three to four to five. Um, and just kind of get that mindset out of the usual rigid, this is, no, this is an obstacle, I'm, mm. I'm going to finish it. Now I've finished the obstacle, I know how to do the obstacle. I'm like, you don't know how to do that obstacle because you've only ever done it one or two ways. There's probably 20 ways you can do that obstacle. Mm. Um, and you're used to the obstacle within your gym. What if the same obstacle is at a different gym? What if you have to go from that obstacle straight to another obstacle? How do you rest your arms on this? What mm. if this, this, is, and all these different questions, you know, which you don't just learn from being at a gym um, and, and just going through an obstacle. So look, there's a lot of stuff we teach in the blueprint, which is very much knowledge and mindset based. Um, so I feel like anyone wanting to up their ninja game, um, there's plenty of stuff you can learn and we're always going to be adding fresh content as well. But look, to answer your question in a long-winded way, uh, <laughs> short story long, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm doing a bit of the, the uh, Ninja Warrior Blueprint uh, with my partner Olivia and I'm um, just working on some more of my own videography kind of stuff as well. And um, as far as Ninja goes in particular, just, just keep training, um, more rock climbing mm. as well. I just work on that finger strength and I really, really enjoy rock climbing. And um, fingers crossed for season four because we don't even know if it's going to be a thing. In saying that, yeah. I did see an ad for it last night. Um, actually still advertising applying for season four so that gives me hope <laughs> interesting gives me hope that there will be a season four yeah i've got a feeling if it's gonna go ahead i reckon they're gonna film it next year I reckon, yeah i reckon they'll film it yeah. closer to the actual airing date if if it does go ahead because they would have already if if it was going to go ahead they, they, you know things would have already been moving uh, we'd be well into uh almost beginning of fitness trials and everything so mm. yeah you're completely right 
Um, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. In my eyes, you know, they I don't think they filmed Spartan until something like, oh, actually, no, that might have been, that was a different show. They don't film The Block until like February. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, there's, they can film stuff any time of the year. And, you know, and The Block comes out straight after Ninja or something. So they can, they can do many, many things. And I don't think I'm too stressed about it. More so the fact that I saw that ad last night and they are still advertising for people to join. Uh, but I think we just love the sport so much that we just get nervous when it's been like a week or two and we haven't heard anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, you know, can I ask you actually mm. um, what your thoughts are for season four as, I mean, for me, just quickly, obviously I've been in the first three seasons. Not yeah. only that, I've actually been shown quite a lot over the first three seasons. So, uh, you know, I can be considered as they as they speak of me on the show as one of the favorite ninjas and I'm really grateful for that and I don't want to ever want to oversee that or take that um for granted mm. um but going into season four I'm not super worried about whether I'll get on or not um I don't what I don't once again don't want to take it for granted yeah. but um I want to hear your mindset towards going for season four considering you're on the first two seasons but you missed out on season three so What's your thought pattern? Well, it was it was definitely shattering, but then as I, as I mentioned mm. in my previous podcast, it probably worked out for the better because I wasn't yeah I wouldn't have been ready, and if I had gotten sure. on and bombed out early, which I very well could have, um, it mm-hmm. probably would have sort of spelled the end of me. Um, yeah. So I think also I think um, a few things didn't come together. I didn't have sort of the story or anything that they really wanted to know about. Sort of at the time, it was a bit of a low patch for me. I had uh, left my job at a, I was working for an AFL club, and I'd left my yeah. job because I was miserable, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I didn't really have much going on. I had this awesome uh, job doing stunts on this movie, thanks to Mike Snow, nice. um, awesome. which was an amazing experience. Because considering I'm not a stunt man, um, damn, I want to hear more about that another time. I think, but yeah, I'm really keen to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that was that was good fun. Um, so yeah, that was really the only thing that I had going, and there wasn't really anything that the show necessarily wanted to hear. I did terrible in the fitness testing, um, mm-hmm. so it was just a lot of things. And then I think I yeah, I think really what it came down to was you know I just I didn't have anything to sell, so I had nothing yeah. to sell. Yeah. Um, whereas I think going into this season, I think I can do a much better job of that, and I think you know whether, and the thing is also it's whether or not they don't take me, it's like you said before about falling on the in the semis you know i've experienced now what it's like to to you know be at a high you know being i wouldn't say necessarily one of the favored but in regards to marketability no you you were very much a a memorable athlete and you know i think about a big part of that is your physique and your look and it's the same as me i'm the tallest guy you're the shortest guy in the show (laughs) and it's 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 our thing and we have to milk that sometimes i think Maybe, maybe, maybe you should give uh, you know the whole Ben Olivia thing a rest, and you know we can do a little. Uh, <laughs> I could do Ben and Kadeem, huh? <laughs> do a little uh, lovers. <laughs> do a little, uh, do a little uh, rivalry. <laughs> Anything to help a friend get on the show. Yeah, little, uh... <laughs> I'll get on my knees if I have to. You just tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, you still be taller. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> just to kiss you. That's all. <laughs> uh, no. Um... No, it's just that, yeah, so to, to not get on again, I will not be crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, in all sure. honesty, I actually am going to focus my sights on American Ninja Warrior. Awesome. Um, because I can. <laughs> because you can, yeah, true. You got that. So you, do you have dual citizenship? I'm um, dual citizen, baby. 
Damn, dude, that's incredible. I don't think I know a single Australian which has ever been on the regular season. Nope. Um, you know, not counting USA versus the world. That damn. So dude, it's yeah, totally possible. That's totally the thing. Possible. That's the thing, and it it could be very well be the first. So I've I've got an angle. Mm. Um, you know, just yeah. just my story itself's pretty unique. Um, yeah, of course. So I'm actually kind of confident that if I put together a good video. Um, yep. I can do that. And they did give me permission last year leading into season three because I was quite close to the producers that they would allow me to apply for season 11. I didn't finish the application. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this, I'll, I'll definitely give it a crack. So I'll apply but for both. you got both. the green tick. Yeah, I'll apply for yeah. both. And you know, if I, can do, oh, yeah. if I can do both, that would be... Oh, mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, look, I'm 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 fairly confident that you know I can put together something good, and even just in regards to you know being on the show in the US, it would just be just 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 to, just to take the step on the course. I'll I'll be happy with that. Just oh, uh, of course, you know, zero expectation there. I mean, it's you know having been watching it the last few years, and you know even watching this season, um, yeah. you know, it's been insane. The obstacles. Oh, it's mind blowing. They're qualifiers. Uh, like our stage one or two, it's honestly ridiculous. Um, the level of athleticism you need to get some, through some of those obstacles. It's just absolutely mind blowing, especially usually for me, it's, I think it's like the fifth obstacle right before the wall Mm. is just some sort of crazy contraption, um, which I just look at it. I'm like, that's your qualifying round. (laughs) That scares the bejeebas out of me, you know? Um, but it's so much respect for those athletes, and they need they need to have it that difficult because there's still a lot of people to get through. Mm. Um, that's the level that they're at. So, it's amazing. Um, props to them. You know, it makes me hope mm. that we can last that long. I worry. Mm, you, you totally. Know, you, you never you never know. No, that's right. And look, in, in uh, I think it more comes down to just the way, not so much the sport, but rather the platform that it's actually presented on. Mm. Um, and this is just the bigger scope of things like TV versus things like paid memberships of Netflix. Um, what's better and what will, what will be better for the TV pro- production companies in five to 10 years time? Mm. Who knows? Um, you know, I was having this discussion with someone else the other day is, is they said, Oh, look, Ninja ratings are sky high. And they are sky high and they did really well season three. But the difference is something like Ninja cost them millions and millions of dollars. I don't know the full figures, but we can only assume millions of dollars to produce. Mm. Um, and so they have to earn all that money back from ad revenue before they then make anything worthwhile. Mm. Whereas something like Lego Masters is just filmed with Lego in one room. Absolutely. Um, it's just cost them absolutely next to nothing. So that might get half the amount of viewers, but they actually probably earn a lot more money from something like that. So it's a tricky one. Um, you know, ratings are extremely important, but also the cost of the show, getting that down as much as I can. And who knows, man? Who knows what's going to happen? Who um, knows? We can only pray. We can only pray. <laughs> and look, if worse comes to worse, the show is not the show is not the sport. The sport is still the sport of Ninja Warrior, mm. and people are still loving it. More and more people are joining every single day and every year. So I'm still confident, even if the show doesn't continue, that we'll still d- keep doing Ninja anyway. Mm. I, I don't plan on stopping. I don't know about you. No, not at all. I'm actually more more focused on NCL this year than awesome. probably, than probably I was probably for Ninja, or even for Ninja, totally. because I mean we don't know what's going on, but Again, you know, like sure. this is, it's in our control. 
It is. It's more more of a guaranteed thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, speaking of the local comps, are you going to be at the Adelaide um, Australian Ninja Games? Well, I don't think I qualified for it. Uh, we just had our qualifiers, uh, but I reckon if Paul or a few of the boys are going to go a keen, I would be keen to do a road, a road trip. Just take the yeah, weekend, yeah. just go check it out. You know, I haven't been to base. Obviously, yeah, haven't been to base camp. So I think it would just sure. be nice to uh, mm. to catch up. What about you? Look, I really, I've, I've, uh, I really wanted to. It's just been more of a more of a financial thing for me, whether it's worth the uh, the investment or mm. not. It's it's been a tr- tricky decision at the moment. I think it's a no, but who knows? I could win the lottery between now and then, and, <laughs> and I'll see you there. Oh, and then I'll buy you a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, pre- appreciated, man. Appreciated. Well, look, man. I'll I'll let you go, but um, thank you so much for for coming on. Of course, um, dude. It was, I think, a really, really good chat, and I think you know, hopefully, my people, the people who do listen to it, will gain a lot of value, which I think they will. I did so. No, I agree. No, thank you so much for having me on, dude. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, and um, it's it's nice to just sit and have a chat to someone like yourself for a good, I don't know how long it's been, maybe hour or so. (laughs) Nearly, Um, nearly, nearly hours, man. There you go, just a casual. Um, uh, I can usually tell the time by how bu- how, how busting I am to go to the toilet, and it feels about an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, dude, it's been a lot of fun. It really has been super insightful, um, and uh, I look forward to catching you in, in real life real soon. Um, but in the meantime, anyone listening right now, keep following this dude's journey because uh, you're an absolute weapon. You're such a nice guy and uh, you're just nice to everyone you meet and that goes a really long way, dude. So I appreciate you having me on. No, I appreciate it. And uh, likewise, people, get around this uh, this beast. I was going to say, I was going to say redhead beast, but you know, you're going with the blonde look now. Are you back to red hair? Or uh, what's the... I'm about halfway, I'm about halfway through both. I'm in that kind of weird zone where if people see me in public, they're like, is that Ben Paulson? I don't know. He's got like half ginger hair, half white. Um, I, I've got real scraggly looking gross hair right now. So um, once again, it comes down to, it's not cheap to, to look this good, Kadeem. You know, my head is, I don't just wake up and I look this good. I have to diet and spend lots of money at hairdressers. So it's more of a financial thing that I look like this shit right now. <laughs> hey, at least you're not covered in poo anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Always looking at the positive. Yeah. All right, my man. Well, I'll let you go, buddy. Thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Keep going with the Ninja Blueprint. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. All the best. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Way of the Ninja podcast. If you want to be kept in the loop, please subscribe so that we can teach you how to be a ninja in life and on the course.